So you get into the elevator. Travel down into the basement. Grab a secret key. Walk down a gray hallway. Go into a storage space. Open a closet. And that is where jazz stories live. Buried between the dusty memories, the magnetic tape and the plastic discs are the voices that inform the true American art form. Women and men who've contributed their verse to our national chorus. From the heart of New York and the archives of Murray Street Productions and Jazz Lincoln Center, this is Jazz Stories. I'm Matthew Law Middleton. In this episode, we're going to take a look at a different kind of jazz story. You see, jazz history is sometimes highlighted by eccentric characters, cats who crooned into the night fueled by alcohol, cigarettes, drugs, and passion. But this man exemplifies the idea of an extraordinary, typical guy. Born in Mississippi, raised in Pontiac, Michigan, and he cultivated this this type of class that's just rare in individuals. There are three things that stand out to me about the pianist, Hank Jones. The first is just the quality and warmth of his spirit. Just listen to his laugh. It's golden. (laughs) You know, there there are those little qualities of assurance, joy, and authenticity. Second, as I mentioned, he was kind of the straight guy, uh, which was somewhat unusual for well-regarded jazz musicians of the bop era. And finally, he had just a great number of just personal insights into jazz itself, his personal style, and you can even apply all that to just how one lives life. It's all coming up here on Jazz Stories. My parents were both musical. My father played guitar, and my mother played piano, but neither one of them played professionally, you know, this, they, they just, uh, it was more of like sort of home entertainment. We, we played for our own uh, amazement, or <laughs> amusement, I should say, or both. <laughs> now, all together in our family, there were ten. We had the makings of a great band there, but I mean, but uh, I had uh, two sisters, two older sisters, both of whom played the piano, and um, my oldest sister, Olive, was an excellent pianist, and she... Uh, had an unfortunate accident on a lake. She was ice skating, and she was she, she was drowned. And uh, she was a great talent. I mean, she was playing concerts uh, when she was 12 years old. And uh, my, another sister, a younger sister, uh, older than I, but younger than my older sister, Melinda, also was uh, a fine pianist. But she wasn't that interested in playing. Uh, she went in a different direction. They both took lessons, and I was always there. To observe the, you know, when they were taking lessons and playing their, their exercises, and I'm sure that had a lot to do with my wanting to emulate what they were doing. 
While his sisters were a profound influence, he certainly had an influence on his two younger brothers, Thad, a trumpeter, and Elvin, a drummer, who also became famous in the jazz world. But unlike many other jazz musicians who lived a frenetic life of hand-to-mouth, gig-to-gig, Hank Jones took what probably most would consider not a dream job, but it was perfect for him. He started working at CBS Studios, and what he got to do is just play piano all day. But when I was working at CBS and doing a lot of recording days and so forth, I had uh, pianists tell me that uh, what was I doing wasting my time doing this for when they when I could be out on the road suffering like they were. <laughs> so, so I rejected that. Anyway, I think a lot of them just didn't want that kind of, uh, of life. CBS, uh, it was a base of employment. It gave you a good financial foundation. It made it possible for you to have some financial roots, you see. If I had gone with a group... Um, on the road, let's say, the, the group might have lasted maybe a month, two months, uh, six months, you know, at the end of which I would have been out of a job again. But at CBS, I had this steady employment for some 16, 17 years, a little over. And, of course, as I said, it gave me a good financial base to build on. Couldn't have happened if I'd gone out of groups. Now, in that sense, working at CBS was a plus. On the other hand, I probably missed opportunities, let's say, to uh, further my musical abilities and so forth, had I gone out with these various groups. At CBS, he played with almost everybody. Sometimes he'd be called in to perform with Frank Sinatra or record a jingle for a show, but he also played with Ella Fitzgerald, Artie Shaw, and Charlie Parker. It made him into an incredibly versatile musician and exposed him to a lot of different music. Um, But it's his humanity and his honesty that come across in almost everything he does. He really caught my attention when he started speaking about his limited knowledge about Bob. Well, I never heard, even in Buffalo, I had never heard Bebop. And uh, that was quite close to New York. I only heard Bebop when I arrived in New York and went down to 52nd Street just to familiarize myself with the scene. And uh, that's when I heard it. That's when I was exposed to it. It was a great uh, innovation in in the... uh, uh, the the method of the way the manner of playing jazz you know because it employed a lot of substitution changes that the regular you know like the traditional style didn't use Tr- uh, traditional style of music you use the basic chords with bop you use all of the intervening chords all of the uh, the passing tones and all those to me that was very exciting and they ran the changes you had to be a very good musician in order to play it effectively because it involved so many different chordal changes, harmony changes. And you had to be fluent enough to move from one to the other, you know, with a certain amount of dexterity. Otherwise, uh, uh, dexterity has nothing to do with Dexter Gordon. I mean, that's a <laughs> it was important to be able to to have that fluency. There was a lot going on. And uh, uh, I just wish it had lasted longer. I just wish, you know, or that I had come to New York sooner so I could have enjoyed it uh, sooner, you know. Hank Jones has this beautiful way of understanding what the importance of Bop was and his tenure at CBS and how that all impacted his own life. I think that uh, all of your experience helps you in the, in the, in the aggregate. You know, you, you learn something uh, from all of the different experiences that you've had. Uh, it all goes into, let's say, uh, developing your own particular approach. You, if you're listening thoughtfully and playing objectively, uh, listening intelligently, in trying to think as you play, then if you're absorbing as you go along, what you then will eventually play is the result of all of your experiences up to that point in time. 
And if you've had experience reading a variety of things, playing in a variety of circumstances, all of this then will tend to help. You know, what I think of now, what I'm playing is just to try to express my musical ideas uh, in the in the way that seems most natural to me. And I think that's what uh, any pianist has to do. You you know, you can't really uh, depend on someone else's style in order to express your ideas. I mean, how can you? If if you if you're if you're thinking about the way somebody else did it, how can you express your own ideas? If you can then play in the idiom and yet retain your own individuality, I think that's the essence of what you're really trying to accomplish. Yeah, that's what I've been trying to do. Yeah. Everything relates to everything else when you're playing, you know, especially jazz. Whatever you do with left hand, your right hand follows with something that either complements or leads you to the next passage, which then leads you to something else that you're playing your left hand, which again in turn leads you to something else that you, you see it, it's all a reactive thing I think when you start then to perform you employ all the things that you know that you should know hopefully that you've learned if you haven't you're in deep trouble <laughs> how beautiful is that to look back on life and take an incredible joy in his own path and realize how distinct that was and how his unique experience informs the formation of that personal voice. Experience itself is the reward. To me, it kind of seems like he's saying that, like Bob, life is kind of an exploration of a familiar melody where themes collide, stretch, and surprise us with the uniqueness of each voice and spirit. Hank Jones was awarded the NEA Jazz Master Award in 1989. These interviews were recorded in 1998 and 99. Jones contributed his last verse to the world in the spring of 2010. He was 91. You can hear more of Hank Jones' music in several Jazz Lincoln Center programs at jalc.org slash radio. Jazz Stories is made possible with the support of Jazz Lincoln Center, so consider becoming a member or experiencing a live show if you happen to be here in NYC. For Jazz Stories, I'm Matthew Law Middleton.